This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey everyone, are you ready to learn the do's and don'ts, some of the best homeschool planning tips from all of my years of homeschooling? Well, today that's what we're going to talk about. Welcome. This is podcast episode 214, and I am going to share some really fun ideas with you. Well, you can find the show notes at vintagehomeschoolmoms.com. Look for best homeschool planning tips. Well, what we tend to do is get laser focused on school and we forget we have a life. We are so excited that we have our books, our schedule laid out, that when the afternoon rolls around, we are freaked out because we don't have anything planned for dinner, right? Well, I know I've been like that as well. Well, the best advice I can give you about planning your school year is not to forget about the rest of your life, right? Okay, so I put things in order. You know how I like my lists. And so that's what I've done today is I've broken up this podcast into three of the best homeschooling planning tips that I can think of and that I have used through my many years of homeschooling. And then I'm going to break those down even further for all of you. So the first thing I want you to do is think about your life and kind of take time. I mean, you, if you can stop this broadcast and and uh, make your list of your top um, things that are important in your life and just think about all the things you're doing when you're not homeschooling. Go ahead and make that list. Well, I'm not going to stop and give you time to do that. So like I said, you can hit pause or um, you know, do this another time. But for me, the list looks something like this. You know, God is at the top, so I have my prayer time. I have time with my husband. Uh, with my kids. I have, you know, time for school when school is in session. I have meals that I have to get going, right, and feed my family. We have laundry to do. We have um, household uh, chores. And I put household because that can um, consist of cleaning. And then I always keep laundry second because to me, um, that's a chore that I wish would do itself, So when um, they've invented uh, throwing your clothes into a laundry basket and it comes out at the other end clean, I'll I'll be the first in line to buy that. And then, of course, there's, you know, doctor's uh, visits that we have to do, visiting with friends. That's always a fun thing. Um, And that can go under um, field trips when it's school time, right? So when we look at that list, we become overwhelmed when we have to add school to it because school, let's face it, takes up the majority of our day. If your kids are little, you know, um, according to Florida law anyway, and it might be different where you are, there's a minimum of, uh, I believe it's four hours and then it goes up to five and then six, or it actually could be three, four, and five. I don't remember um, anymore because I haven't had little ones, but each area is different anyway. 
And so however many hours that is, doesn't necessarily mean you're at a desk and it doesn't necessarily mean you're writing and working away the entire time. It can um, consist of a lot of different things because remember, when kids are in school, they're lining up, they're going to class, you know, sometimes they're changing classes, they have um, PE, they have art and music, you know, if their budgets allow, which is a wonderful thing about homeschooling because we can fit those in for a fraction of the cost. And so there's a lot going on in our lives when school is not part of the picture. And so whenever we start planning for our homeschooling, we forget that we've got the rest of our life that we still have to fit in. And I really think, friends, that's one of the reasons that we get overwhelmed. So consider that. Consider all of the things that you do on a daily basis. If you're really, really scheduled, then you can plan out all of the things that you typically do during the day. And just remember that you're going to be blocking out time when homeschooling rolls around. The second most important tip I can give you is to plan your entire year ahead of time. Yes, an entire year. When I finally realized that one little tip, I was so happy because I could do it the one time and then I could go back and tweak or add. Like for example, some huge field trip came up that was going to involve oceanography and it was one of those last minute things that was thrown into a homeschool calendar um, by a friend of mine who organized it. We have this thing called... um, the uh, Mosey Marina, um, that's, oh, Missy, Mosey is the, um, I'm getting mixed up here, it's a museum. But anyway, there was a marina that was close by and they did a lot of moat. That's it. See, they both start with an M. Moat Marina, M-O-T-E. And so they did a lot of research there. And when that came up, we decided that we were going to move oceanography, which I actually had planned for the warmer months at the end of the of the school year, and we were going to move that way up to our fall months, which here in Florida is still warm. And so we were able to very easily switch out those uh, studies because I had my year planned out. And so I wasn't having to find things mid-year. Um, yes, I've, I've changed things. I have moved things around if they weren't working, um, you know, and I've, I've actually stopped books mid-year that were just not working out for our family. But because I had the entire year planned out, I could do that and I didn't have to start from scratch with everything. So some of the things that I liked to do for for one thing is I loved seasonal themes and I think it was a throwback of being an elementary education uh, teacher that was actually my major and I basically um, when I did teach school I taught middle school but I love the seasonal themes especially with younger kids because you could do so many projects around those and I really really like projects for so many different reasons. Um, One of the reasons I like projects is because it's a culmination of things that the children have learned. Um, You can read books, you can do activities, um, you know, let's say workbook sheets or, you know, short uh, passages that you're writing or even copy work. But when you do a project, 
you really have to understand that concept in order to create a final project. And so I think that's why I really like them. So I like to, uh, to do seasonal themes. Um, one year, uh, we were going to be visiting um, Georgia during the fall. So we studied a lot about um, the fall season so that we could go on our trip and then we could be, you know, we were able to bring back some fall leaves. So that was wonderful. And then um, we also um, saved some dates in my planning. We planned breaks and we saved days for field trips as they came up. Uh, My daughter plans her Fridays as a day that she uses to either catch up or they play games, which is something that we always did when the kids were, um, you know, all the way through, I even want to say almost all the way through high school, they played um, some learning games on Fridays just as a catch up. And whether that was doing flashcards um, or things like that, it really, it really helped. Um, back in the day, we used to use, um, you know, computer programs. Now the kids um, have tablets that they can do um, some of their, you know, uh, work on and um, play some games on that that are learning games. So, you know, think about that. Have it in your schedule where you're you're going to plan a break or you're going to plan a field trip. I remember um, sometimes during the year planning two weeks where I was going to schedule and then those the kids could have projects that they were going to be doing in those two weeks. We could only do that when they were older and they were a little bit more self-directed. And then as I got better at planning, I didn't have to give us those two-week breaks, which meant that we could tack those on and at the end of the year and stop um, sooner. You know, my kids loved when they could... Um, be done with school in May and, you know, way ahead of their, um, you know, their friends that were in school. And even now with kids in college, you know, May is still the date that they look forward to because that's when school ends. The other is um, in my planning, I plan time in my school schedule for family chores So some days I started school a little bit later when we had bigger chores to do. And other times, like if it was a laundry day, and other times um, I scheduled us starting earlier because we were going to be breaking earlier. Do plan time for meal prep. You know, you can do things like mega cooking or, um, you know, freezer um, storage. You know, we did a lot of... of, um, cooking where I would just do two or three times a recipe and then freeze it. I never did the mega cooking that was, you know, like an entire weekend or, you know, even three or four days. Um, That just didn't work for us. I know some families get together and they make different meals and then trade off. My kids um, were picky eaters. And so um, they liked, when I say picky, they liked my food, but they didn't like other people's food. And we, you know, I never had to make separate meals for everyone, but it, they just weren't really big on, you know, they they get used to your cooking moms and dads. And so sometimes it's really difficult to go to someone else's house and eat, unfortunately. Um, so that might work for you. So look into that. But Um, For me, it was just making two or three times the recipe and freezing it, and that worked out really well. And then the other thing was utilizing in my schedule 
some of the things that were household types of chores as school. Uh, For example, cooking. We were able to utilize cooking in our schedule, and that worked out really, really well, where the children all grew up cooking. Every single one of my children cooks fairly well. Some of them like their specialties, and when I say specialties, I'm using that loosely, Um, whereas, you know, some of my kids are really good at grilling. Others like to make dessert. Others like to make, you know, like stir fry or one pan meals. So it really um, depends on what they like to eat as to exactly what they're good at doing. Um, but but that really um, worked for my family that we could incorporate some of our, um, you know, our daily chores into our school year. And like I said, you know, planning out my school year, whether it was, you know, picking out a book that we were going to use throughout the year, um, as I've shared with you in other podcasts, we did use some textbooks, especially as my kids got older. But a lot of times I um, supplemented with other books that I wanted the children um, to get a good handle on the topic. And we also had um, a lot of field trips. My older two really liked the oceanography um, topic a lot. And so one of the things that they did, which actually worked for college credit for my daughter, she got a half a credit for this, was scuba diving. Um, When I have um, recommended that to um, my younger children now, um, they are not interested in that, even though one of my daughters, my number four child, um, who is my softball player in college, um, she wants to be a marine biologist. And so um, I said, there's no way you can be a marine biologist without scuba diving. So that would be something to look into. So if you can, um, you know, plan out your books for the year, of course, if something comes up, you need to have some flexibility in your schedule, but it really helps because that also allows you to say to the children, look, if you do two units of science you know, or one unit of science every week or, or, you know, one module, whatever that is. Or if you do one chapter in two weeks, you will be done with this book on this date. And that allows you, um, you know, some, again, flexibility if the child's sick or if you need to go through and say, okay, we need a catch-up day where we're just going to work on some subjects that we're lagging behind. Another tip I'm going to give you in planning your year and planning your subjects is this. You do not have to do every single problem in a math book, for example. Even in the schools, they do all the odd numbers or all the even numbers. They don't do every one. Unless you're using a textbook like Saxon where um, it's more doable or even a Becca, um, sometimes if you have a huge textbook, it is just almost insurmountable for your child to get through all of that work. And so um, it wasn't until college that I actually finished a textbook. So maybe, um, you know, your experience was different, but I know as homeschoolers, sometimes we overwhelm our kids with a lot of busy work and we don't want them growing up hating school. We want them to think of education as, as a lifelong tool, something that they love And yes, there's going to be one or two subjects that they're not really going to like very much. But again, you know, if we're just trying to recreate the school in the home, 
we're going to find that. We're going to find kids who are not really happy with homeschooling. Um, you can't please every child, and I've never set out to you know, be a, a, a people pleaser or to always have um, my school setting you know, where the kids were all excited and, and happy and jumping up and down, although I am going to podcast about starting your school with a bang um, because I am all about the fun too, but I do... Um, I do hesitate to, I'm not the unschooler type, and there may be some of you that are, and God bless you if you are. That just isn't um, my comfort zone or my comfort level. Yes, my kids went off on tangents and explored and studied the things that they love to study, but that was because we compartmentalized um, you know, some of our learning, um, when I say com- compartmentalized, not every subject being individual because we did a lot of unit studies, but I'm just talking about time here that we really tried very, very hard to get done with our school by noon because afterwards it was really hard uh, to get to get back to school. So I'm going to share with you my third exciting best homeschooling planning tip when we come back after this short commercial break. I'll be right back. Hey everyone, Felice Gerwitz here, and I want to share with you something that is dear to my heart, and that is saving you money. Can you use encouragement for your homeschool journey? Have you been searching for an online learning program designed to ground your family in a Christian worldview? Well, now you can at MediaAngelsMembership.com. Our affordable membership packages fit your budget and busy life. Now you can access customized membership packages for your homeschooling family from the extensive Media Angels Library of Books, classes, and Bible studies. You may select the ebook bundle, the creation bundle, the premium bundle, or the forever bundle. Each bundled set will save you vast amounts of money. Our packages begin at less than $10 and you can use it for the whole family. So go to MediaAngelsMembership.com for more information. That's MediaAngelsMembership.com. You'll be glad you did. Hey everyone and welcome back. This is Felice Gerwitz. This is episode 214 and you can find the show notes at Vintage Homeschool Moms Best Homeschool Planning Tips. And so um, as I was sharing my tips, you know, the first best advice is don't forget about the rest of your life because I think that's how we get overwhelmed is we forget that we um, have to schedule in the things that we already do normally without homeschooling and then remember that we have to schedule our homeschooling time. The second is to plan your entire year ahead of time. So that that's on the schedule and you know what that is and you don't have to, you know, worry about when you're breaking for Thanksgiving or for Christmas or for Easter or when you're coming back to school in January because that's going to be all mapped out and you're going to know that ahead of time. Um, The third point um, is that you're going to think through things once and then you're going to forget it. It's just like that Crock-Pot commercial that would say, you know, set it and forget it. The same thing with your planning. Here are some great ways to, you know, get these things planned out, think through them, and then you're done. You know, the first is your school schedule times. I know that, you know, we're not going to be doing, you know, 40 minutes for math. Okay, everybody, close up your books. Now take out your spelling books. 30 minutes for spelling. Okay, everybody, close up your books. Now take out your reading books. You know, an hour for reading. Okay, everybody, 
you know, that would be crazy, right? But do have a checkoff list and do have a rough estimation (laughs) if you don't want to do times, which I'm going to share with you a little secret. I did do times. Did I always stick to it? No. But I had them mapped out because that way when I put it on the checkoff list and I said to the kids, these are the things we're going to get through today and this is the amount of time it should take you. I know there are kids that take three and four hours and this is why, you know, this is what gives homeschooling a bad name and they just cannot get their math done. And that's a a bunch of different reasons, you know, that I I guess I am going to take the time to go through it right now. Number one, if your child is, is having a difficult time doing that, number one, they're getting distracted and they may need to go somewhere else where other siblings or maybe you're on the phone. Even if you're, if you're looking on your phone to research something or write down something on your grocery list or whatever that is, your child may be distracted by that. The second reason is that it, the, the information may be too difficult. Maybe there hasn't been enough prep work and they're not able to complete the task and so they're really struggling. The third thing may be that they really, you know, are having a hard time um, just being uh, a student. I know that sounds funny, you know, and well, how do you have a hard time being a student? We are just assuming that when we sit our child in front of, on a a table, in a desk, you know, on the couch, on the floor, whatever your homeschool looks like, and we hand them a sheet of paper or we hand them a book and a notebook, that they are going to know everything they need to do to be successful. And if you're starting out with a little one, you need to go through what you expect, how to hold a pencil, how to how to start with that letter A, where you want that point on the on the paper on the paper. You're not just going to give them a bunch of printables and say, here you go, just trace these letters because they're going to hold the pencil incorrectly. Uh, they're going to be starting in, you know, who knows where. And so it takes a little bit of time to instruct your child. And a lot of times we want to say, oh no, my child's just lazy. And I don't really know too many kids that truly are lazy. Because if you say to your child, if you get done with this work, you get to have free time. You get to go play. They're going to be done as quickly as they can if if they can possibly do that information. So really look at that. And I also want to encourage you to try try out the podcast uh, Brain Coach Tips with Jan Bedell. She has an awesome podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. And that Uh, podcast will help you if you have a struggling learner. So as you're scheduling these things, these times, first of all, have a break time in there. If you are going to have a break and they're little and you want to work for, let's say, an hour and a half and then, you know, take a break, I would recommend you do something like running in place, you know, um, touching your toes, um, you know, go get a a drink of water and come back. I tried like little cookie breaks and things like that and go outside and run around. That really didn't work because it was hard hard for me to get them back in and it took like a full 30 minutes. 
And so if you just do like a little 10 minute break, a stretching break, you know, just similar to if you've been at a conference and someone says, okay, we're going to, you know, rub the person's shoulders next to you or something like that, that is going to really help you and help them (laughs) to um, get back, you know, get a little break and get back to work. And then always do the hardest subject first. So um, if you are going to schedule your times and you are going to schedule a break, you want to schedule after lunchtime, for example, things that they are just finishing. You're not really going to start a new concept, but maybe they're going to finish math or finish a writing project, or maybe they're going to do a science experiment. I set up my week so that I alternated science on two days, history on three, or science on three days, history on two. Um, Some people like to do science for six weeks and then alternate with history for six weeks. Whatever that is, is fine. Just be sure that your days, um, you know, look somewhat similar for two or three days of the week. and, um, And that works out well. And then reading is a great thing to do after lunch. Although I will tell you, as a very young homeschool mom, if we ate lunch and I came upstairs where we did our school and my little ones were reading to me, it was very, very, very hard to stay awake. You know, and so um, it was, I would just get comfy on the floor on a beanbag and I had my kids snuggled up next to me because we were getting up very early and starting school. And so reading did not work for us. Um, after lunch, maybe you're, you know, uh, better in shape, or you're not eating a, you know, high carb lunch, and so you're full of energy. And um, I learned several things as a homeschool mom, and one was to eat lighter lunches, and in that way, I was a lot more energetic, and I also um, didn't fall asleep quite as easily. So schedule your school, and then you don't have to worry about that. That's one of those set it and forget it things. You can look at your list. You can have it posted. The kids will all know. You print out sheets every week. Everybody gets one, and then they know what they're supposed to do and what the times are that they should get their work done. And then you're also working with them ahead of time as well. The second thing is under the set it and forget it is your year-end notebook. I remember trying to put these things together and it was a nightmare. So I went from everything from freaking out to saying, oh my gosh, we learned nothing this year to, oh my gosh, we learned so much this year. So what I did was at the beginning of the year, I gave my kids this very big three ring binder. And as the year went by, we would take work samples from their subjects all year long. We tried to do it one time a week. And we took like the best, you know, handwriting papers, the best history reports, the best um, writing projects, the best um, science test or math test, and we just put them into this book. So I put in pocket sheets, I put in clear vinyl slip sheets, and the kids had it divided um, in math, writing, history, science, so forth. Our, you know, even our projects were in there. And so sometimes when we were in a hurry, I let them put them in their pocket sheets. And then later, if I was reading to them or doing some other um, thing where I wanted my kids to be, you know, um, my kids didn't have attention deficit. So it was one of those things where they could do more than one thing at one time. And I would have them take out their books and then they could slip sheet the pages and put them in their notebooks. 
Uh, so that worked really well for us. And you can put in things like, you know, tests and progress reports and, and that sort of thing. And it, and it worked out great. The next thing to set it and forget it is the going out bag. And I still have this to this day. I actually have a beach bag. I have a bag that I use when I go to my kids' sporting events. I have a bag um, that I use when I go to the grocery store. So there are different, um, and I learned this from my homeschool days, okay? So the going out bag, one could be for field trips. You know, it may have things uh, like binoculars in there. Um, you know, the kids, when they were little, they each had their own little backpacks that had their own little sets of binoculars, you know, cheapy things. They weren't super expensive. You know, back in the day, they all had cameras, you know, um, and you can still find those inexpensively. Um, just different things that they can put in their bag so that when you have a field trip, they're ready to go. We had... Um, you know, one for the park. And for the park, we had uh, like a bird, um, a little bird book, you know, one of those field guides. Uh, we had one for church, you know, things that we would take um, for the car ride, whether it was snacks for the kids and we would put the snacks in obviously, you know, early unless it was stuff like, you know, packs of raisins or things like that. And, um, you know, so invariably, um, if one of the kids was having a hard time on the ride to church or they, you know, didn't eat enough breakfast or whatever that was, I had, you know, that bag ready to go. And I do have a really um, funny little tale uh, to tell about on myself, actually. When I had my third child, I always I always said I, it was in my Elizabethan years. So I was in my late 30s when child number three came along. And so I went to a friend's house who had uh, quite a few more children than I did. And I remember going to her house and I was going to follow her um, to a field trip. And so we had gotten there a little bit early and she said, oh, come early and the kids can play and then we can go. And so I did. And when I went there, I said to her, I have to borrow some diapers. And she goes, diapers? Why? And I said, well, I forgot the diaper bag. And she just looked at me and started laughing and said, how could you forget the diaper bag? And so as I said to her, you know, I said, I, I have the baby. That's the good news. I did not forget the baby. I just forgot the bag. And so, you know, in the same way that we have a diaper bag, we can have these little, um, you know, bags ready to go. You know, if you have older kids, you can keep a laminated card on the outside and someone can double check what's supposed to be in the bag. Again, one of those set it and forget it things. And just make sure nothing wandered out um, or it can be something that's going to be replaced like for your snack bag. And that is really, really a lifesaver. The other thing um, is a chore chart. These are, again, set it and forget it kinds of things. Um, having a chore chart that's laminated that, you know, different kids' names can go on it. Having a meal plan where, um, you know, you're going to have your favorite meals that you're going to rotate. And it was funny because this summer, uh, my daughter who's in college who was, you know, loved to cook. And so she was, in fact, this summer I've been very, very ruined by her because she's been doing a lot of cooking. And, um, and so she was even saying, you know, mom, we need to look up some new recipes because I'm tired of the same meals. And it's really true, you know, that we have, you know, chicken a lot, or we'll have some sort of meat, or we'll have, um, you know, my husband does not like casseroles, unfortunately, but he will eat chicken pot pie. So I will take, you know, two chickens and boil those and make, you know, pot pie from one meal. And then the kids like, 
to have barbecue chicken that they eat over, you know, slices of bread. And I'll have that on, you know, with a salad side or something like that. So having those meals that you um, can have and rotate really help a lot. And then having your laundry day scheduled out. Yes. Remember I told you how much I hated laundry? Um, One thing I'm going to share with you, and it was really a sweet idea, that one of my friends who um, used to do some of the um, episodes on uh, the Ultimate Homeschool Expo, um, really a sweet lady, she was you know, sharing about doing laundry. And one of the things she shared was as she was folding clothes, she would pray for each person whose clothing, article of clothing that was. And I thought that was really sweet. And um, when I remembered to do that, it really was, you know, just such a blessing. But the, um, the thing now is my children are all older, so everyone does their own laundry. And then we share things like, um, you know, doing towels and things like that, especially if it's stuff that everybody's using. So I hope those ideas have helped you. Um, I invite you to check out um, this podcast and all the others on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. And I also want to invite you to check out the Media Angels membership site. That really has some wonderful products that I think you will enjoy. And remember to head over to iTunes and give me a star rating for this podcast. I am so horrible about um, asking you to do that, but I'm going to start asking more and more because I would really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Take care. God bless and make this the best homeschool year ever. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and TheVintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.